It's been almost two decades since we started our journey to educate and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future. Our goal is to help you accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you to set your financial goals and guide you along the way. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. Back with more. Thanks so much for tuning in. I got to change that to to tuning in. You know, do you you tune into a podcast? I've asked this question. This is that old. This this is that old radio. You know, radio guy. Me tune in, as if you got to find it a spot on the dial. Uh, Have a listen. Have a listen to our podcast, managing your financial future. I'm Johnny Dean, your host, your moderator here, and I've got an advisor sitting here with me, Professor Rick Plum. Certified financial planner, professional, and uh, uh, Rick has seen a lot. You have seen a lot. How long you been doing this? I like to throw this out every once in a while, but you've been doing this since 34 years, 34 years, something like that. So you've seen a lot. Um, you've, you've, you've been through a couple of different tax reform eras. You've seen different tax brackets creep up. Uh, things <laughs> change. You've seen Social Security rules change. So you've kept up with it, which is why I like to have you on this program and plus, we've been doing this for so long that I feel like I know you very, very well. Now, last time we were on this show, I said that we were going to talk about a particular topic. Do you remember what that was? Actually, I do. It's it's amazing that I remember that long-term memory type stuff wow. uh, from a week ago. But uh, I do. I, uh, yeah. And Q- it had... QCD. QCD. And this has to do with, it doesn't matter really what time of year. Now, our time of year is we, we're, we're rapidly approaching the uh, Christmas holiday, the gift-giving <laughs> season, and the time where people say, my goodness, I think maybe I need some tax deductions, and I'd like to potentially use some of my charitable deductions. Um, so so I want to talk about this for, for just a little bit here in this particular episode, Professor Plum, and it has to do with charitable giving. Um, now, back in, was it this year? It was this year. In response to this pandemic, the CARES Act, and it, I had to look this up, Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, was passed <laughs> by Congress. That seems like so long ago. It uh-huh. was It was well, this the, year. The act seems like so long ago. It was. It just, the, the 2020 seems like it's just been three years but it was in the early part of the year when this whole thing sort of went down in February, March, whatever it was. Um, now, one of the things that this huge relief package did, there was a provision that said that you did not have to take a required minimum distribution for 2020. For now, explain that, uh, Professor Plum, because we had also changed the age for required minimum distribution. The SECURE not, Act. The SECURE Act. Late- 2019 yeah. for the people who had not yet turned 70 and a half in 2019 postponed required minimum distributions until the year they reached age 72. And then in March of 2020, the CARES Act said, well, if you did have a required minimum distribution in 2020, we're waiving it. Whether you were a beneficiary of an account or the owner of the account, uh, required minimum distributions were basically waived and you did not have to take one, whether you were 70 and a half, 75, 85, 105, or you were the beneficiary of, you know, somebody's who passed away their IRA, 
you did not have to take a required minimum distribution for the tax year for the calendar year 2020 tax year 2020 and what, what was the logic behind that just just uh, um i mean i know in the past they've done it because they thought you shouldn't take money and sell securities when they're lower now we've kind of you kind of debunked well, that, that the logic it was that you don't want to be selling something to take a required minimum distribution when the market was down and at the time they were passing the cares act the market was going through a little bit of a tizzy uh, it was, you know, I think it was near its low, down. actually. It went way down. Yeah. Um, you know, it went way down. <laughs> but I don't know, because they also, at the same time, they passed the CARES Act to waive the required minimum distributions, granted access to IRAs to a lot more people and a lot, a larger amount than they ever had before. Uh, you could take uh, distributions and spread them out over three years. You could take uh, up to a hundred thousand dollar distribution. You know, from that standpoint, you could borrow up to a hundred thousand, which was double the limit from IRA from four hundred one k. So they they allowed more, a lot more access to IRAs and to other accounts, and they also waived the required minimum distribution. So I'm not sure what their logic was, but they it sounded like a good idea. The reality was the only people that can afford to waive the required minimum distribution are people that have a lot of income from other sources and don't need to take money out of their IRA to live. And the people um, that could afford to do so. <laughs> right. So it right. was basically helping the wealthy uh, and allowing the money, to, you know, being a cynic, I think it's they wanted the money. They didn't want people to take money out of the IRAs when the market was down. They wanted to wait till the market was a lot higher so they could get more tax dollars. But, you know, that's just a cynic in me saying that. Anyway, you asked me why they passed the CARES Act or why they put this particular provision in the CARES Act. Who knows? But they did, yep. and so for 2020, you know, RMDs were waived. Um, now, but we still had the QCD, and the QCD, the Qualified Charitable Distribution, was ne- I mean, it was kind of aligned with the required minimum distribution, but it wasn't exactly aligned with the required minimum distribution. No, and I, I, I okay, so I want to explain what we're talking about for people that don't know. What 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 is re- what are required minimum distributions have to do with charitable distri- contributions? Uh, 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 to uh, contributions to charity. Now, uh, under normal circumstances, Professor Plum, if I want to give money to charity, um, I can, uh, you can explain this, but I can deduct it under certain conditions, Uh, most notably how much income I have, right? (laughs) Well, yes and no, but most most of the time, a charitable contribution is part of what are called itemized deductions. And so when we do our tax return, we have the ability to take certain deductions and reduce our taxable income by the amount of deductions. But we also have the ability to take a standard deduction. And so the only people that itemize their deductions are people that have enough deductions their taxes that they pay to the state and local government capped at ten thousand dollars mortgage interest charitable contributions medical expenses that exceeds what ten percent of your adjusted gross income if all of those deductible potentially deductible expenses are greater than your standard deduction then you can take them as a so my standard deduction as a married couple is twenty four thousand eight hundred so if my gross income for the year is $100,000. I don't pay taxes on $100,000. I take that 100,000 and I reduce it by my standard deduction of 24,800 and I come up with a taxable income of 75,200. Now, if I had 
mortgage interest, property taxes, state income taxes, charitable deductions, and everything else that added up to $30,000. Well, then instead of reducing my 100,000 by the standard deduction of 24.8, I would reduce it by $30,000. I get to take the higher of the two, either my standard deduction or my, mm-hmm. or my actual itemized deductions. But when it comes to seniors and people that are in their 70s and above, for the most part, they don't most of them do not itemize their deductions. They just take the standard deduction. But Generally, they still want to get a benefit, if possible, for making a charitable donation. Yeah. But if my, if my my I don't I don't have a mortgage anymore. My property taxes are X amount. Um, and let's say that my all my itemized deductions all told add up to fifteen thousand dollars, and then I make a five thousand dollar donation to a charity. So now my itemized deductions are $20,000, I still don't get to deduct that because I get to use my standard deduction of almost $25,000. You're talking about a married couple again. I just, I'm talking about a married yeah, couple. Yeah. I mean, it works similarly, just cut in half for a single individual. Right. But a lot of seniors don't get the tax benefit of the charitable donation. So well, what Congress did, what, 10 years ago now or better? They came up with this thing called the Qualified Charitable Distribution. If you are of a certain age, if you are at least age 70 and a half, not the year you turn 70 and a half, the day you turn 70 and a half or older, you can have money sent directly from your IRA to a qualified charity. And that will not show up on your tax return, assuming you do your taxes correctly. So if I'm gonna make that $5,000 donation to charity, Rather than writing a check to them out of my personal checking account, I can transfer $5,000 of my IRA, assuming I'm 70 and a half or older when I do this, directly from my IRA to that charity and then not show that as a taxable event on my tax return. And when they first put this in place, that movement of money still qualified as satisfying at least part or all of my required minimum distribution. Now, the qualified charitable distribution does not have to equal your required minimum distribution. It doesn't have to be more than. It can be any amount you want, up to $100,000, and it will be treated from a tax standpoint as not a taxable event. Again, we'll get back to this, assuming you do your taxes correct. Um, And that helps out a lot because if I have a required minimum distribution, if I take that required minimum distribution and just put it in my bank account, that's a taxable event to me. That will be on my tax return. And then I turn around and I write a check to the charity for that same amount. Unless I can itemize my deductions, I don't get that deduction. So now so, I'm paying tax on the full distribution from the IRA. Yeah. So under normal circumstances, let's say I have a required minimum distribution. Just to be clear here, um, let's say my required minimum distribution, Professor Plum, is $4,000. I don't know, whatever okay. it is. So I say, okay, I take my required minimum distribution. I take that and I stick it in my checking account. I now have to declare on my taxes $4,000 extra dollars, correct? 
uh, maybe more, but yes, well, maybe more because that. it may have affected your social security and you may have had to pay, you know, <laughs> well, taxes on like $7,000. All right. Well, let's say I'm, let's say I'm not taking my social security yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, for whatever reason, half, I hope you are, I'm but, 70 uh, and a but half, but I, but this just, is part of the problem. It can screw up a lot of things. Well, it can. Okay. So yeah, it could be at least $4,000. So I got to put it this be at least $4,000. Right. So, but I say, aha. Okay. Well, but that's okay because I'm going to write a $4,000 check to my, you know, to the Red Cross or somewhere. Right. You know? I'm so, going to give money to, a, it's for people who are going to give money to charity anyway. Yeah. So I was going to do it anyway. So, so what? I have a $4,000 income from my RMD, but I'm going to write a $4,000 check. So it's, it's, I'm, it, it's all going to wash out in the end. Is that the case? Because it does, it sound like that may always be the case. That's not the case unless you itemize, unless you already have enough itemized deductions to where they exceed the standard deduction, you're not getting a deduction. So you show the $4,000 of income from your required minimum distribution, but you don't get the deduction for the re- for the charity because you don't itemize your deductions. Yeah, because I'm 74 or whatever it is. I'm 74 years old and I've decided, uh, 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 or, and I know, I, as you said earlier, I don't have uh, itemized deductions because I don't have enough to deduct. Right. I don't have a mortgage. My property taxes are at maximum $10,000 that I can deduct. My uh, health insurance covers everything else. And I haven't made big enough charitable donations to get another 15,000 or more, you know, of of deductions. So a lot of seniors cannot deduct the charity charity that they are. And they're very charitably inclined in many cases. Yeah. So let's talk about just very quickly how this qualified charitable deduction. I mean, it kind of it sounds like it kind of gives you a deduction without it does but you also have to be careful and unfortunately i've seen a lot of people mess this up so how do we do this how do we make this happen well you contact your ira custodian and you say send x amount of dollars you know from my ira to the charity uh, and whether you're sending stock or cash you have to set it up appropriately but money it does not come to you it goes directly from your IRA to the charity. If it comes to you and you put it in your bank account, it's not a qualified charitable distribution. So you want to have it set up and have it go directly from point A to point B. Point A being your IRA, point B being the charity. Now, where people will screw this up, and I've seen this happen multiple times, is that when they get their 1099, the 1099 doesn't say anything about a charitable distribution. The 1099 doesn't show that you know, you took $4,000 and gave it to a charity, you're still going to get a 1099 for $4,000. From, from your, your, who? From your, your IRA custodian. Yeah, your IRA custodian doesn't know what you did with the money. They just, I guess, what you're they saying is- They don't care what you did with the money. They said $4,000 left us on his behalf or her behalf. And so what happens are, if you do not tell your tax preparer or you do not account for it if you're doing your own taxes, the tax preparer gets a 1099, puts it on the uh, the tax return, and you pay taxes on it anyway. You have to account for it on your tax return. And I get, I've had people call me and say, "Why won't my IRA provider issue me a, the corrected 1099 to show that a QCD was made?" And the answer is, there is no such thing. The 1099 will always show a normal distribution. You have to account for it on your tax return. And I unfortunately have seen people who make the QCD, who do not account for it correctly. So while they were charitably inclined, they didn't get the deduction. 
So they have to go back and amend their return if they want to. So if I'm over age, uh, well, 72, let's say, let, let, let's just say if I'm over my required minimum distribution age, so without getting too much into that because it's a little bit confusing at the moment. But if I'm over that and I'm giving money, I plan to give X number of dollars, it doesn't matter what it is necessarily, um, to a charity. I'm going to do yeah. it no matter what. Is there any reason for me not to do a qualified charitable do it the way you just described it through what's called a qcd i haven't come up with them i mean there may be some obscure reason that i, I haven't figured out yet and uh, if somebody can figure it out let me know but if you are going to and see this is really any charitable contribution is only the deduction is not worth you know you, you got to be charitably inclined to begin with and so if you're going to make donations to charity uh and you are 70 and a half years of age or older I can't find a reason why you would not want to use your IRA. To do it. I mean, the whole, the, you know, the holy grail of IRAs is using your IRA tax-free. This is a way to use the money in your IRA tax-free to do something you were going to do anyway, which was give money to charity. Yeah, so if I'm uh, if, if, if I normally write a hundred dollar, well, that's a lot of money. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Let's say a hundred dollars a week. Let's say I'm I'm pretty wealthy. I thought is that a lot? A hundred dollars a week to my church. Let's say I go to a church and I write a, normally write a check and I toss it in the collection plate or whatever uh, every single week. Um, what you're saying is, and tell me if I'm wrong, that it might do me some good if I'm over the required minimum distribution age to simply maybe once, twice, three times a year, however often I'd like to do it, have the IRA make the donation on my behalf. Right. Through I mean, a you qualified- set your IRA up on an automatic monthly statement of $433.33 to go from your IRA once a month to you to charity. That's $5,200 a year, $100 a week, or set it up for whatever dollar you want it. Because, you can have it done automatically. That's fine. Yeah, I guess because it's the, the effect is the same. The charity or the church in this example would get the money that I would have written anyway. I don't. So here's the only reason I can come up with it without for not doing a charity. If you want people to see you putting that hundred dollars into the into the <laughs> yeah. plate or the bag or whatever it is, that's not going to happen if you do a QCD. <laughs> that's right. When the when the collection plate goes around, it look like a off, slacker. You can say I gave I gave at the uh, I gave it at, at, at the brokerage office. That's what it is. I gave it the brokerage office. Okay. I have a little. So QCD you need to create button. a little slip of paper that says QCD on it. And Maybe put it in that's there every it. Week. Yeah. Or wear a button. <laughs> You know, I wear a button. I don't have to. My, you know, once a month I make a contribution out of my IRA through a call. I gave it the office. That's exactly it. I gave it the brokerage office. Uh, don't hassle me like that. I knew people that used to do that. They would, they would always throw coins into the little plate so that people could hear that, you know, that they were dropping money into it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Coins. Yeah, you know, you, you take some bills and you always throw a couple of coins in there. Um, so this, this goes way back when they had these metal plates that they used to pass around. But that, that's when I was a kid. Um, so the qualified charitable distribution, yeah, as far as you know, you're saying you can't really be hurt by it. Um, it may not help you, but then again, it may help you. I cannot think of how it could hurt you, but it's definitely a help. I mean, and as I said, if you're in that situation where not all of your Social Security is taxable yet, having less income show up on your tax column is a great benefit. Because, I mean, it, let's say that you're you're in that situation where You've got thirty or forty thousand dollars worth of Social Security combined, but only half of it, or a little more than half, of it's taxable at the moment. 
if you and you were going to do a QCD or, or a charitable donation of that four thousand you talked about before, it's the difference in your taxable income of seventy four hundred dollars. Wow! So because that fourth, if you just take a distribution, your required minimum distribution in the case that you put out earlier, four thousand dollars. Yes, four thousand dollars shows up on your tax return from the IRA distribution. But also an additional $3,400 of your Social Security becomes taxable at the same time. Yeah. And so at that point, even if you could deduct the $4,000 and that $4,000 washes out, there's $3,400 of your Social Security that's still taxable that wasn't taxable before. It's kind of like getting hit in the head with a football that you didn't see coming, huh? And on the other side, for people that have a lot of income, single of $87,000, married couple of $170,000, whatever it is, by doing the QCD, you may be able to get your gross income under the limits for the new, or for not new, for the additional Medicare tax, the IRMA, income-related monthly adjustment amount. Well, then there's anything another reason. Can, anything you can do to keep the income off your return and still do what you wanted to do with that income, that's a, that's a good thing. Well, it sounds like a good thing to me. It sounds like you need to do it correctly because you just said you need to do it correctly. I think if you do this incorrectly, it could cost you something potentially. It can cost you money. Yeah. Yeah. You you made the gift to charity and now you're going to still pay taxes on it. Well, that's no fun. I mean, you were going to do the gift to charity anyway, but it'd be nice to get the tax deduction. Sure. Do it right. So you should be charitably inclined, as you said, and and you need to be over uh, actually over the required minimum distribution age. Like you know, if your birthday, you have is- to be at least seventy and a half. But right now, you know, you can be seventy and a half or seventy one years old and not have a required minimum distribution, but you can still do the qualified distribution. Yes. So okay. they're not exactly aligned, um, but so just know that at seventy and a half or older. Uh, you can do a qualified charitable distribution and avoid the taxation on that distribution from your IRA. This may be something to think about if you're uh, if if you're in that circumstance. Great advice. And QCD does uh, qualify as part or all of your required minimum distribution. But as I said, it doesn't have to. It's it can be any amount you want to give. So if your required minimum distribution is four grand, if you wanted to give two thousand, thousand, a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, doesn't matter. You could do it as a QCD, or if you wanted to give 10000 20000 30000 it doesn't matter. It's not exactly tied to the required minimum distribution, but it does go against and satisfy the RMD. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say don't do this to get the deduction? Uh, do this because you're going to do it anyway, and the deduction is gravy? Right. You, you don't make a charitable contribution for the deduction. If I'm, gonna, if I'm saying, wow, I need deductions. I'm not going to give $4,000 out of my pocket to a charity to save $500. Well, because unless, now I'm still out $3,500. Right. Now, but, I'm going to give the $4,000 because I want to give the $4,000. There you go. You're not saying don't do it. The, the, the deduction comes afterwards. That's what you're saying, right? The deduction is a byproduct bonus. There it's you not go. the reason for making the d- donation. I guess it's the old the tail wag and the dog kind of thing. But uh, it, it's something to look into, and it's, a, it's something that I think a lot of people don't know about. So I thought we would bring that up, and I'm glad we talked about it today. Uh, it led into a, it, the, the discussion last week led into this, and I thought it was just a great way to go, especially as we get here toward the end of the year. And people are thinking about, eh, you know, ways they may be able to help themselves, not just now, but into the future. We talk about managing your financial future, and this is what we're doing here on this podcast. If you want to uh, help for Professor Plum, 
You want them to maybe look over your situation, your tax situation. Many of you have already done this, but perhaps it's a good idea to do that. Not just Professor Plum, but any of the Lucia Capital Group advisors. Give them a call, 800-644-1150. 800-644-1150. Talk to any of the advisors. They can go over all this stuff with you. Uh, Professor, you oversee all the plans. Is that correct? I see oversee the advisors, talk to them about all the different situations, and we have a lot of fun talking to, to people that we work with. Absolutely. Yep. Chief Financial Planning Officer for Lucia Capital Group, Rick. Uh, you can get in touch with Rick or any of the Lucia Capital Group advisors simply by calling this number, 800 644 1150. 800-644-1150, or go to the website, luciacap.com, L-U-C-I-A, cap, C-A-P, luciacap.com. Uh, send us an email, drop us a letter, talk to the professor, and get your strategy going. By the way, not only is that going to do it for us for this episode, that wraps up the year as well. Finally! Uh, we'll be taking a week or two to sort of wash the grime of 2020 off of our uh, collective uh, psyches and <laughs> we'll be back tanned, rested, and ready for more in the first week of January. January 5th, I think, will be our our uh, next uh, episode. Anyway, here's hoping for better things. I'd say better everything next year. For Professor Rick Plum, Certified Financial Planner Professional, I'm your moderator, Johnny Dean. We thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We'll have more great topics in the new year, and in the meantime, I do thank you so much for listening. Have a great Christmas, happy holidays, a very happy new year, and we'll talk to you all again again real soon in 2021. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments purchased and or investment strategies devised by LCG, will either be suitable or profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss of principal. Accordingly, no client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from LCG or from any other investment professional. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based upon publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information provided is based on current laws, which are subject to change at any time. Lucia Capital Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Social Security rules can be complex. For more information about Social Security benefits, visit the SSA website at ssa.gov or call 800-772-1213 to speak with an SSA representative. IRA withdrawals will be taxed at ordinary income rates. Withdrawals prior to age 59 and a half may also be subject to a 10% penalty tax. Examples cited are hypothetical, are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed, and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. Rick Plum is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital Group, a separate entity from LPL Financial.